All right, season three of Beyond the Bedroom. So welcome or welcome back uh, to my loyal listeners out there. I know I took a long break, but seasons one and two were really about finding my voice, um, making those changes, and they received such amazing feedback. I was like, all right, when I come back for season three, I really want to do it the right way. So Beyond the Bedroom is kind of going bigger. I have something really excited that I'm exciting. I'm cooking up um, in January. I have a whole new series coming out, a new platform, and I think it's going to be really, really cool. So what's new with me? <laughs> I took a little bit of time also to teach uh, in person, you know, COVID regulations uh, here in Iceland started getting, I guess you could say better. So I was teaching weekly. So I um, am the in-house sex educator for a sex shop called Loste, as some of you might remember. But I started teaching in person every Thursday. And I teach mostly in Icelandic, but then once in a while on Tuesdays, I'll teach in English. This has been such a dream come true because teaching online was just not the same at all. Like it was, you know, when I'm teaching in person, I I make jokes, I kind of riff off of the audience. I am a lot more alive and I just realized like I was really missing that part of my personality and energy and I'm really happy I found it. So I'm really feeling like myself again, especially with this teaching weekly, but it was time for me to return to my podcast. I could really feel it. So this first episode is a new format. I've recorded some really cool in-depth ones also that will be coming out in the rest of this month, uh, along with a Halloween episode, which is coming out next week. So fun. And some really, really juicy interviews. I'm so excited to share those with you all. Um, I have also, I'm just trying to think here, what else <laughs> has been going on since I spoke to you all last I created Beyond the Bedroom Games with my husband. Um, that link will be in the description below. And also I became more of a partner with Mod. It's been so cool. They were like one of my favorite brands. If you all remember from season two, I have a code to use with them. And I don't know, this, this time away has been really grind time. So I went to this conference. Oh yeah, I, I was a keynote speaker at the uh, NAX conference here in Iceland about sex work. I've done a a lot of interviews since I last spoke to you all. But anyway, I went to this like conference here last weekend in Iceland and I realized like I really, really love this work and why not try to incorporate beyond the bedroom into other aspects of my life. So that's what I've been doing. I've been really, really kind of sketching out and fine tuning who I am as an educator. And of course it's fluid. It's going to change. And it's probably a good thing if it does change, but uh, that's what I've been up to, and I hope you all missed me because I missed you all so very much, but I want to start off with a little fact or cap segment. So this is a kind of, is this true or false segment? It's one that we hear all the time. Are you ready? So fact or cap, the clitoris has eight thousand nerve endings. 
I really need the Jeopardy music here, right? So unfortunately, this might be Cap, so it might not be true, but it isn't far off from the truth. Uh, this kind of well-known fact comes from a bovine study. Yes, that's cows. Uh, so cows might have 8,000 nerve endings on their pleasure organ, but for ours, it could be in that area. We know there's thousands of them, but no one's really done that research and counted each and every nerve ending on the human clitoris. And the biggest research on the human clitoris was actually done as recently as the 1990s. And before that, all we really had was cadaver and anecdotal research. So yeah, this part of my body feels really, really, really sensitive or looking at cadavers, which are uh, people that have, with their consent or not, donated their bodies to science. Um, to look at the kind of structure and inner workings of the clitoris. So stuff like the G-spot, named after a male scientist, really just turned out to be the uroclitoral spongy area, something vaginal owners have known that was there for a millennia. So 8,000 nerve endings uh, for cows could be true, but for us, we just know it's somewhere in that ballpark, right? We definitely have a lot more nerve endings in our clitoris than in other places. So the clitoris has more densely compacted nerve endings than the head of the penis, for example, too. But both are really rich in those nerve endings. We feel things. You can feel like a feather stroke or a breath on the clitoris. Uh, it's, you know, the only organ just made for pleasure. So of course, it's going to be really, really sensitive. But in reality, does it really matter that we know or don't know how many there are? No. And we know that this is a sensitive spot that needs special attention. And we know it has a lot of nerve endings. So I think it's a positive thing that we're reminded to commit to the clit whenever we hear about this mysterious number. <laughs> I'm trying to trace back where this came from, but... Uh, you know, it is a study that was done on cows. And unfortunately, um, the biggest research on the clitoris before the Grafenberg um, quote unquote discovery, which like I said, all vaginal owners were like, yeah, that little spongy part that feels nice. It has, it was kind of, it's as old as I am. <laughs> it was born in the nineties. <laughs> so not that old, but 8,000 nerve endings. We don't know for sure. We know it's somewhere in that ballpark, but for right now, we can't prove that it's actually 8,000. So pretty recently on my Instagram, I uh, don't know if you all remember when I got deleted off my Instagram, when Instagram was like, oh no, she's talking about vaginas and got rid of me, but I'm back at B. B-I-R-N-A, Birna. So I've been slowly but surely kind of starting up my polls again, seeing if Instagram will let me exist on there or not. I'm not bitter, no. But anyway, so I asked my audience on Instagram to share their biggest fantasies with me. So I did this kind of a while ago, but now I feel like my audience kind of trusts me a little bit more and they're willing to share with me. I get a lot more replies and a lot of juicy stuff. So here are some of the results. And if you saw the results on Instagram, I'm about to share some deeper ones with you all. So group sex, totally a big one. So being in an orgy, threesomes, whatever. Um, but being in an orgy with all women, um, a woman I know sent that one in and I was like, ooh, 
that is really exciting. <laughs> and I'm sure, I don't know, I feel like the dynamic would be really cool there. I mean, for me. So being in an orgy and adored and touched by lots of people, that was another one. And I kind of like how they phrased this, right? So they're not talking about, I just want to have this huge group sex and everyone's, you know, performing for each other. But it's more like, I want to be this center, right? I want to be adored and touched by lots of people. They want to give and receive with lots of human beings. And I find that when people talk about orgies, um, they kind of, it's a big shame to admit that you want one because, I mean, there's this kind of thing where it's like, whoa, that's so intense, you know? But I think it's a super, super common fantasy. And um, I know I've talked about it before, but in Justin Lemmler's book, Tell Me What You Want, it's one of the top seven most common fantasies in the United States, group sex. So of course it's super common. And if you have a fantasy about orgies, keep on fantasizing. It's probably super fun. Um, not every fantasy has to become a reality, right? And I'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in a bit. Anyway, romance, another one of the top seven and also one of the most common ones on my Instagram poll. So a big one, right? Candles, music, soft sheets, going slow, a massage beforehand, romantic gestures, uh, booking a hotel room and just the two of you, but in a romantic way, just really slow and soft. And like, you can kind of just hear that like soft core porn music when I'm talking about this, right? So romance was a big one. I think one of my favorite um, replies of all of them. I'm just going to read this one verbatim. All right, ready? <clears throat> I need to get in the zone here. Lavishly ordering room service and massages while in a white curtained cliff room in Greece, in between playful, extremely vulnerable, and communicative, explorative lovemaking all week. First of all, this is a straight man who sent this in, and what a lucky lady he has if this is his dream come true, because that sounds fucking nice, all right? That might be my biggest fantasy now. I wrote that one down in my uh, journal and I was like, okay, how do, we, how do we get to this point in my life where I'm basically in a curtained cliff room in Greece and I have this extremely vulnerable and explorative sex all week? That sounds so nice. Like, ugh. Yeah, I definitely took like a second to really think about that one. When he sent that one in, I was like, oh, <laughs> that is now on my top three. Kind of a funny one, but construction workers clothes, kind of that like role play fantasy, but also just something that really turns someone on. So here in Iceland, it's a big one. There's like these specific black pants with like lots of pockets that a bunch of construction painters and stuff like that wear. And there's all these like really hot ass dudes working and covered in paint and dirt and stuff that wear them. And they're usually kind of like younger guys, but they're like burly, like work with their hands types. They're so hot. And sometimes they even come into the store where I work and they buy a bunch of stuff for their girlfriend and they pay in cash and I'm in love with them all. I'm always like, oh my God, <laughs> I love you and your paint covered hands buying like the nicest vibrator we have for your girlfriend right now. But anyway, it's kind of like a skater boy in the US. It's the same kind of vibe. It's like 
not the bad boy, but like the sweet kind of alternative boy. That's kind of what the categorize, if I had to categorize them. And obviously not everyone who works here in that kind of field is that way. It's just like the vibe that like kind of clothing gives off. Like the uh, crew neck sweatshirt with the construction pants and like covered in paint or something, you know. I like it too. So I know um, I put it like in my story, uh, who relates or like thank you in Icelandic. And almost everyone, it was like 76% or whatever that was like, I relate. There was all Icelandic uh, people being like, yep, those are hot. I'm sure the same would happen if I were to be like, oh, the, you know, skater boy type <laughs> um, with my other audience out in the US. So more group sex stuff that isn't orgy related, like being with two guys at once, one inside me and one in my mouth. I got another one that was like being with two women at once. Um, and we are, two of us have strap-ons and we're strap-oning like another girl. Uh, and some people were really shocked by these and others were like, ah, oh, super basic, been there, done that. So it just goes to show that fantasies can be so personal and, uh, they don't always have to become a reality. Like I said, um, a lot of the times we fantasize about things and just the thought of having that dirty thought is what turns us on. Uh, just the thought of doing something that's like outside our comfort zone is enough to turn us on. So, you know, it doesn't always have to become a reality. I was attending this class with a great instruct instructor. His name is Magnus Haukunarsson. I know it's a hard name <laughs> in English, but uh, he is the former head of the BDSM community um, kind of board here in Iceland. And he had a flogging and whipping uh, kind of impact play class. Oh my god, I learned so much. I thought I knew a lot, but then, you know, <laughs> I realized there was so much more to learn, always. But something so interesting that he said was sometimes fantasies don't pan out in reality because there's things that we don't fantasize about. He was saying like, you know, sometimes someone will be tied up and then right in the heat of everything, they're like, oh my god, my nose itches. This was not part of my fantasy. <laughs> Or they might just get bored, you know? They thought it would be super anticipatory and, and so, you know, exciting. But in reality, they're just like, oh my god, I want a snack. Or like, when is this person coming back to untie me? So you never know. So that's why, you know, trying things is fun. But sometimes it's okay to just keep it as fantasy and just have that kind of like, ooh, maybe one day. Um, and it's okay if it never happens or if it happens differently than you wanted it to. But anyway more fantasies. Orgasm denial or making someone orgasm before they're both uh, ready to, both with consent, of course. And then fisting, latex, role play, and a lot more. Um, and then some people, sometimes some people like have these fantasies of being overtaken or having their boundaries pushed. And I'm trying to word this delicately, but this isn't just, you know, it isn't because they hate themselves or they crave violence or something bad happened to them or something. Sometimes it's because they want to be able to enjoy sex without the responsibility of having to say yes. So let me break that down a little bit further. So they don't want to deal with the slut shaming or feeling dirty or wanting sex or initiating or just saying yes, so they want someone else to make that decision for them. However, it's a consensual decision beforehand. They ask for it. They're like, can you be extra rough with me? Can you just take me? And they 
are always allowed to change their mind or back out or stop. And there's a lot more I can say on this, but it can be kind of tough to listen to, but I'll def write about it for those who are interested instead. So I want to take a little ad break here and talk about Mod Rise condoms. So the new size is called Rise Plus and I'm in love with them. They are so, they're like silky smooth because they have this silicone lube, uh, which I always keep in my nightstand anyway, both the natural and the silicone. But the silicone lube that comes with the condoms has my vaginal pH in mind. So that's really cool. And it feels like they really care, you know, they have ingredients listed that are safe for my vagina but also don't irritate me and I also I love that you always know which side is up it kind of opens up like one of those sauce like dipping sauce packets and you open them up and then just the condoms in there and it's always facing the right way so even when the lights are dim and you're just in the zone it doesn't take you very long to put one on and I love that it's something that's made our life a lot easier as a lot of you know I can't be on birth control because I am prone to blood clots so I can't be on any kind type of hormonal contraceptive and we are not ready to have kids yet so uh, we rely on condoms and knowing my cycle and my all-time favorite condom brand is mod rise condoms now come in a new size rise plus so the bigger size we like it a lot more so you can try it out use my code birna10 that's b-i-r-n-a-10 at getmod.com that's m-a-u-d-e mod my link will be in the description and if you want to support the podcast and and get something you love, check them out. So a little bit more in depth or, you know, what I've been going, what's been going on and what I've been up to. So I was teaching a class at Loste here in Iceland all about kink and fetish. It was for beginners and for people who are curious. So pleasure seekers in kink that maybe don't know the difference between kinks and fetishes or people who are really interested in BDSM but have no idea where to start. And teaching in person, like I said, is just so much more fun and I really thrive off of the energy of an audience. And I realized I didn't have anyone when I was showing a flogging demo. So I used a folding chair and I called him Mr. Chair and I showed these do's and don'ts. For example, do have the conversation about all of this before you even pick up the tool. So I was like, okay, Mr. Chair and I have spoken about this. He's told me what he's into uh, and I'm ready to begin now. Don't forget to warm up and check in. So even though we had that conversation, I'm still gonna kind of just gently brush the flogger over the area they want it to be on and I want to check in like, all right, I'm about to start or just take a deep breath like because that's kind of a good anticipation tool, right? Do take a step back and let only the tips of the flogger touch your partner. Don't hit their lower back or torso. Keep their kidneys safe. So I took the chair, right? And I was like, okay, just imagine that he's bent over like this is his butt. And then I was flogging the chair And I was showing that, you know, just the tip of the flogger because you want it to kind of bite. You don't want the whole thing to go on the uh, body. You just want that like biting feeling at the, at the tip. But, um, I was like, imagine that this part of, you know, the chair is where the organs are. You don't want to go there. You want to go here. And it was just so fun. And it was also a lot more, but I was having this back and forth with a folding chair and, 
it sometimes feels like improv or comedy the way that I can keep an audience engaged while, you know, I'm standing in front of this huge row of sex toys practically begging to be distracted by them, but um, I really need to like keep my energy up. So I realized, because I was talking about negotiation in this class, um, negotiation has that same energy though too, right? So it's about keeping the energy up. It's about keeping your boundaries firm. And we don't need to make it feel like a boardroom meeting where you have like a checklist and everything has to be like perfectly organized before you start, you can stick to your boundaries while picking up on your partner's energy. So if I'm playing with hot wax, for example, I might say, sure, um, I would love that, but not on my genitals, hair, or face. I want it more on my chest or my legs and everything else I'm open to, but go slow and check in with me after. And I'm, negoci- I'm a negotiating with the tools too, right? So I'm like, I only want to use these erotic safe candles that I bought. I only want to use one at a time and let's test it on my wrist first. And of course, I'm negotiating in terms of I want to choose the partner and the time and place too, right? And when they want to do it, who wants to do it with me and what time? So all of this is negotiation, And I realized also, like, part of this that really connects with, like, this energy, right, of, like, feeding off each other but still sticking to your boundaries is that some people are really afraid of making mistakes or crossing boundaries. So, you know, it is nice to have that plan in place. So another example with this hot wax, right? So you and I are playing with hot wax and a drop got on my genitals. And I would say, I know this wasn't your intention, but be more careful. Or I would maybe wear underwear next time to make sure I'm good. Or just, okay, I'm going to put my underwear back on. Um, It does, you know, it doesn't always have to be like, stop, it's over. But it can be for some people. You cross the line, it's done. We have to pick up a different time. But at the end of the day, it's okay to be annoyed. It's okay to make mistakes. It's what you do about it and how you move on that matters. And that's where like the aftercare comes in, right? It might just start right there. And if they take a break and apologize and pick up when I'm ready, that's great. And that can even, you know, sound something like this. Maybe you go, oh, my bad. It wasn't my attention, but I should be more careful. Should we take a break or do you want to keep going? Okay, we're going to keep going. Let me know when you're ready. It doesn't have to be like so um, thought out beforehand. Like if I cross a boundary, we do this and this and this. Because sometimes in the moment, you know, it's just that communication. It's that negotiation. It never ends. And, you know, you might even throw in a thank you for letting me continue or something like that if you want to add that erotic edge, you know. I think it's really important to say things like, thank you for letting you serve me. Um, You know, I mean, me serve you. (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) Thank you for letting me serve you. There we go. (laughs) Um, The other thing might be a little confusing, right? But I, I love that. Like just saying thank you is something that we forget about a lot and it can be very kinky and erotic. But it can also just be a basic respect thing, right? So I forgot for a long time and I've started to say, 
after someone gives me like a crazy orgasm, I'm like, thank you for doing that. Like, thanks for fingering me for like 15 minutes. I deserve it. I'm not like, oh my God, thank you. Like, mm. but it's like, wow, like, thank you for doing that. Like, I appreciate it. It's like that kind of thing. It's something that we're kind of go like, ooh, about, but I don't know why. Just say thank you. Like, it's nice. Like, it doesn't mean that you're entitled. It doesn't mean that other person is entitled. It's not an apology. Just say an unapologetic thank you. You know, apologize also if things go wrong. It's just like those basic concepts that we kind of forget about because everything has to be so kinky and perfect and go by these rules. And that's just not reality, right? And I'm actually not super kinky in my regular sex life. I love educating about it though and playing um, because there's just so many more important conversations that come out of it like consent and safety and harm reduction, uh, communication, aftercare. So uh, not all BDSM or kink even involves penetrative sex or orgasm or anything like that. Sometimes it's just play. It's just adult play. And you know, for people who grow up thinking like playtime's over, it can be really weird to think about it. But um, that's kind of how I want people to see kink in my educational classes and stuff like that. Because there's a lot of fun to be had, but there's also rules you have to kind of go by. And one of those is just respect and communication. You know, it's it's just principles as opposed to these like hard and fast rules. And if you break a rule, you're out just talk to each other. <laughs> it can be a really good practice in communication for partners if you uh, play with these kind of things, right? Uh, and one of those things is aftercare. And it's not just this one thing that you do. It's usually more of a check-in after sex or kink or whatever. And it can also just be a good time to fill up on your needs, and this can be also just for any kind of sex. So some people like to cuddle. Some people like to get a glass of water. Some want to lay down and just hold hands. Some people just might need a little bit of distance. And it's okay to just say like, hey, just give, give me a minute. Like I'm just taking care of myself for a sec and I'll come back. Because people can get really sad or offended when someone just gets dressed without saying anything. Or checks their phone right away. Or just goes and like turns the TV on. Because, you know, you just shared a moment. You just exchanged energy and, and you know, you, you, you know, even if you don't believe in like that kind of thing, you did share an intimate moment together, you know? Like the least you could do is just acknowledge it, you know? That's, that's really what most people are just wanting. They just want acknowledgement. So aftercare also just usually involves acknowledging. Um, you don't have to have a debrief, right? You don't have to recap everything that happened or anything like that. Sometimes it's enough just to like rub someone's back or just kind of lay for a second together in silence. And, you know, the intimacy doesn't need to disappear just because the sex ended, right? So just linger a little bit. <laughs> and negotiation can look all different types of ways outside of our sex life too. Uh, like I renegotiate. I just renegotiated a salary and I'm constantly negotiating topics and boundaries for both my podcasts and interviews and all kinds of things. And I'm always in this kind of push, pull and give and take flow in my life. 
And something I really wasn't aware of until recently is that I could learn more and master this. Negotiation isn't manipulation, right? It's about active listening, advocating, communication. And I think there's this really nice phrase in Icelandic that we use, and it's called uh, finding fatle lending or fatle lending. And it means a beautiful landing. So something both parties can agree on, a good landing spot from where you can grow and continue. And, you know, we have to find those things in ourselves too. Like, what is a beautiful landing for myself, right? There's so many things I negotiate with myself, and I'm sure you do too, right? Like, when to go to bed, how much we exercise, what we eat, like, what do I have for dinner, when to have sex or masturbate, and then our furniture, our style, our financial choices. We're constantly in a push and pull kind of flow of life with negotiation. You know, do we buy the expensive pasta for dinner or should we save that money? Like that's a negotiation we're having with ourselves. And when negotiating with others, remember that the initial negotiation was with yourself first. Oh my goodness. See, kink can teach us so much, even if we aren't even into it. The culture around it has developed some really great tools for working through the hard stuff and coming into our own in a bold way. So even if you're not super into kinky stuff, which by the way, if you've ever pulled someone's hair or choked them or spanked them, you're doing kinky stuff. (laughs) It's not all chains and whips and floggers and that kind of stuff. But uh, I really recommend like reading, you know, The Ultimate Guide to Kink or The Ethical Slut or something like that, because you can kind of learn a lot about Uh, you know, jealousy and negotiation and all these things that are really good things to have, even if you're at work, right? From that, the work that uh, people in the kink community have done. So I have um, a really good way to see if you are into more stuff than you thought. So my husband and I developed a site and he's a, uh, he's coding and he developed the site and it's just a little practice exercise that we made for my private clients because there were a lot of couples that came to me and they were like how do I you know play more in my relationship how can I do things that um create intimacy and how can we have like these memorable date nights and how do we work on our communication so play is such an important part of sex and kink is just play for adults right so and sex can just be so playful and awkward and funny and you know open up a can of worms even sometimes so we made this uh site it's totally free and it's called beyondthebedroomgames.com. So if you want to see if you're on the same page with your partner in terms of uh, what kind of stuff you're into, there's a game called Hard Pass. So there's four games. One of them is called Hard Pass. And that is a favorite of mine. And you can see how you feel about sex topics. And there are, I think you play like 20 cards at once but there's tons of cards so each time you play you can get like new answers or new like things to talk about and then there's also for couples that have been together for a while and want to know more about each other's lives there's one called pillow talk then there's a never have i ever which is really fun to play in a group or kind of like a kind of like a sexy party time 
And then there's truth or dare for, you know, if you want to play that with your crush or with your partner or whatever, it can be really fun. So have fun. It's a free site. Uh, The games are still in um, development. So we are always appreciative of feedback. And um, yeah, that's the conclusion. That's the homework for the week is to play a little go to my website and play a game or give yourself a dance party or do something that makes you feel like a kid again. You know, BDSM is all about fun, but, um, it can be really intense too. I'm not going to like take away from that, but you know, do something else fun. Like just figure out ways to incorporate play into your life a little bit more because that's just as important as rest for me. And remember to shop mod for vibrators, condoms, candles, soaps, and more. Check out my class schedule on Instagram. I'm really excited to, oh my goodness, you have no idea how excited I am for the rest of season three and for just telling you about all these projects that's going on. So fun. And if you want to um, vote in those polls, check me out on Instagram at bbirna, and I will have some updates at Beyond Bedroom Podcast on Instagram as well. So I'm sending you love, and I hope you have a great day or night wherever you are. From all the way here in Iceland, thank you so much, and play a little this week. <laughs>